brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Smashing the status quo and living out their entrepreneurship dreams. Let's meet today's business innovators on the Create, Build, and Manage Daily Show with Scott Miller. Welcome to Create, Build, and Manage Daily on this Thursday, August 25th, 2022. I'm Scott Miller. So glad you're tuning in tonight. On this day in history, 1950, President Truman ordered the Army to take control of the railroads, fearing there would be a shutdown in the supply chain. It's interesting that that story happened in 1950. I didn't know about it until uh, researching for today's show, but we often think about what happened, of course, in the 1980s when Reagan did something similar with air traffic control. Also on this day in 1939, the Wizard of Oz opened in U.S. theaters. Ryan Raines joining me as always. Do you like the movie, The Wizard of Oz? I do. I mean, you have to, right? It's a classic. But did you know it's probably not the best known movie that was released in 1939? Oh, do tell. Gone with the Wind. Of course. 1939 is, is widely called the greatest year in movie history. Because of Mr. the two films? Mr. Or? Chips. Mr. Smith goes to, or Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Gone with the Wind. There you go. And I think one of the, like Cinderella or something. I didn't, I didn't research too much, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, good year. Good year yeah, and good okay. movie as well. That's one of those movies that uh, there's very few films that I'll watch over and over again. Yeah. That's one that I'll, I'll watch. I'll get you. <laughs> On the show tonight, we're going to give you tips in real estate if you want to invest in it. What do you do if you rescue an untrained dog? How to deal with cash flow problems in your business? We speak with an expert on family law. And in our headlines, we're going to talk about millions that are not working because of COVID and something going on in California. That's all coming up on tonight's show. We'll be back right after this. 
Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Never miss an episode of Create, Build, and Manage Daily again. Subscribe to our podcast and listen on the go. Real estate is still one of the best passive investment opportunities. Upplex Multifamily Investments is helping their clients cut through the complexities of trying to acquire assets. Chris and Maricela are the principals and they join me via Zoom tonight. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us, Scott. Absolutely. Let's talk about the real estate market. Are we still seeing a housing shortage in America? Absolutely, yes. We continually see that need in various cities. Specifically, we focus our efforts in um, Texas, but it's definitely one of the the needs in the society that is still very current and, and a pain for a lot, a lot of people. You know, I'm in Texas. Our studio is just a little north of you. You're in the Austin area. We're up in the Metroplex. And I see a lot of apartments being built around Texas. How is investing in an apartment complex different than investing in a single home? So you really get to um, benefit from the economy of scale. Because if you have a single family home and you have a renter leave, you, you're responsible for that mortgage. With the large multifamily complexes that we buy, 125 apartments or bigger, um, if you have 10 people leave, you don't really feel it. Um, and in a lot of cases, when we uh, work on these projects, we're making money as long as we're at least 70% occupied. The other thing that I will mention is the tax the tax. Uh, uh, strategies that we can utilize as um, a large complex we are seeing as a business so we just happen to provide housing as a service but we are able to use strategies that the very wealthy utilize so that they can um, strategize on their tax paying so the income that is generated passively for investors is most of the time um, right off as um, with offset I would say with the tax breaks that we've we offer. 
Now that makes sense. And I also understand, you know, the difference is you can go to a bank if you increase, you know, you purchase a property, you increase rent, the value goes up, you can actually get your money out a lot of times. Isn't that the case? Well, the way that commercial real estate is, is uh, valued is by measuring the net operating income as compared to the value of a single family where it's valued by comparison of what is being sold around your neighborhood. So again, we're retrieving back to being a business. So when you run the business, you're looking at the key print, the, the KPIs, the, key, um, um, the, the measurements, the indicators that are going to give the value, a, a higher value to the property. So we focus our efforts in increasing the incomes. So we look for other sources of incomes other than um, the rental, the traditional rental income. And by that definition, we also build and give back to the community. We give them a better product, right? Because we are striving to give to get a better product to get a better income. And also we focus a lot on decreasing the expenses. So, so in two to three years, we can usually do a refinance, like you were saying, to get investor money back. Or we could look to sell. If it's getting very close to meeting the business plan, we can look to sell. Um, which in general, we say as our business plan is three to five years. Sometimes we do longer holds if it's a newer asset. Makes sense. Your website, by the way, up-plex.com. Uh, up I'll make sure I get that right. Up-plex.com. You know, Ben Franklin made money off of real estate. So this is not a new concept. It's been around for a while. But how do you help your clients succeed? Thank you. So we use very conservative underwriting um, that has uh, several sections or parts of it that we write ultra conservative or and so that if even if the market shifts like interest rates right now is a big topic, if those shift uh, significantly, it doesn't impact those returns for our investor because we built in lower uh, rent increases or something along those lines or um, the, the resale value um, is listed to be lower than what we truly expect the market to do. So it hedges against those potential changes in the market, uh, which allows us to what we like to call um, under promise and over deliver. I would say our, our um, partners or investors get to leverage in our experience and the, the collaboration that we engage with or partners that bring also decades of experience. So we are able to secure lending, secure vendors and a, a more favorable um, price for, for our businesses. So we, like I said, the, the, our customers get to benefit from those years of experience and those collaborations that we form with our teams. That's great. Relationships is what it's about. And I love the fact that you're conservative with the numbers. That's that's key as well. Give us some practical tips tonight for our viewers at home that are watching. Give us some tips on what you would tell somebody who is looking to invest in real estate. Absolutely. The, uh, the first thing that I will say is the mindset. A lot of the times we kind of set ourselves uh, short on what we can ach achieve. And this might sound a little cheesy, but believing that you that the success is for you, one. Two, I will say find mentorship if you're going to be doing this yourself or find a team that can help you take those steps and feeling more comfortable and more confident and, and making those decisions. Again, we're, we're 
looking to buy um, assets that are value at millions of dollars. So you want to have the team with uh, with that supports you. And, and three, I will say, find a community that is going to uh, not only push you to to reach bigger goals, but also to support you. And, and it's going to give you the information that is being shared as a community to help you succeed. The best way to succeed as a passive investor is to know the process, understand um, and gain a little bit of knowledge uh, of what the, the general partners go through uh, to find a deal and to be able to evaluate a deal. And so um, that those are probably the three or four ad advices that we that's awesome. Thank you. We got uh, about 30 seconds left. So just a quick question. Give me a short answer here. As you look toward the market, Austin, Texas, it's been very hot. What do you project Q1 of 2023? Will the, will the opportunities continue to be good for investors? The opportunities will definitely continue to be good uh, throughout the state, actually, not just in Austin. Great. But uh, we do expect there are going to be uh, sellers that come down on their prices significantly okay. compared to the last two. That's good. Listen, I appreciate it. It's interesting. And I know this is something that people want more information. They can get it. They can go to your website, up-plex.com. Stick around. You are watching Create, Build, and Manage Daily. We're back right after this. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Want to be a guest on a future episode of Create, Build, and Manage Daily? Email us at interviews at biztv.com. Tomorrow is National Dog Day, and we have our dog expert on the show tonight. Charles Countryman is the founder and CEO of Canine Culture Dog Training in Carrollton, Texas. We always love when Charles comes on the show because he brings his friends, and tonight we have Dolly joining us. Welcome. Thank you. This is Dolly. She's a, just turned a year old. She's a silver lab. Oh, and pretty too. Yeah. Now, this is one of yours. Yes, she is. You have three dogs, and so do you... Um, 
Dolly's your favorite, right? Yes. <laughs> the other dogs <laughs> don't watch the show tonight. So, so I wanted to talk about, you know, with, with it being National Dog Day tomorrow, um, there are so many dogs that we see that are abandoned and given up to shelters. Why do you think that is? Yeah, the uh, SPCA actually did a survey a couple of years ago and they found that 47% of dogs that are abandoned, it's because of an emotional or a behavioral issue. Pet problems basically is how they defined it. Gotcha. Um, and that means basically one out of two, lack of training. And, and what happens is people just give up. They, they try, but eventually the, the challenge is too big for me. I don't know what to do. I don't have the time to do it. Where training typically will resolve that. Is there a is there periods throughout the year that you see that uh, increase? Because I'm thinking Christmas time, everyone thinks they want to give their loved one a puppy. Yeah. Come January, do we see a lot of dogs? February. February. February, and the reason is unfortunately sad uh, that a lot of people got puppies in December, and then February they get rid of another one, so they keep the puppy and abandon oh, the wow. problem child. So it's not that we're getting the puppy; we're getting the one that they decided they didn't like as much. Oh man. Yeah. That is crazy. Um, all right, so stay. Nope. How does obedience training help with that? It provides structure and routines. That's really how we look at. I look at obedience as a means to an end. I don't find that most people really want dog training per se for sit come. Of course, we want our dogs to obey. But what we really want, we don't want my dog to place when neighbors come over to the door. What I want is my dog to be calm when neighbors come to the door. We just use place in order to be a visual target for my dog. But what we really want is the calmness. So obedience provides structure and routines. The more routines that we layer in for a dog, the easier it is to navigate. And if it's anxiety that we're dealing with, then we even want to layer more routines. We want to almost lay out their day A to Z. These are things you do all day because now they have less decisions to make. And dogs are making decisions if they don't know for certain what they should do. They know they're guessing just like we do. Anxious dogs know they're guessing. They're afraid they're guessing wrong. So it makes them more anxious. So the more anxious, the more routines we want to provide. Um, to me, uh, obedience is a language. Now I can communicate with my dog, Dolly. But um, I can communicate. If I can communicate, then I can ask her to do things and she can do them. So that's how we so, approach that. I, and we've talked about this before when you've been on the show, but I, I, you know, when we talk about rescue dogs, I think one of the misconceptions out there is that that nope. saying you can't train an old dog new tricks. Right. That's not true, is it? Nope. Uh, at all. Um, they're just not as curious as a younger dog. So she's a year old. So everything is still new and fascinating. You know, when we first came into the studio here, she was a little, whoa, what's going on? Because she's never been in this environment. My older dog, George, he came in, he's like, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> because he'd never seen this environment, but he's seen enough contextual changes in environments that they really don't phase him anymore. Gotcha. So it's really just curiosity. So for someone who's considering getting a, a dog for the first time, mm -hmm. Would you recommend a puppy or would you recommend a rescue? Because there's plenty of dogs that need to get home. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, rescues are awesome. Uh, the reason is a puppy, even if you get it from a breeder, you know, you really don't know what the behavior of that puppy is going to be when they're two years old. A rescue, the advantage is it could be one, two, three, four, five years old. You, you have a very good indication of what their temperament and personality is like right now. 
not right. what it's going to be in a year and a half from now. So there's a low risk with that anyway, sure. with the puppy. Um, that's the advantage of a rescue. Good, good dolly. girl. Good dolly. Let's talk about uh, one of your other dogs that, um, um, is it Ronald? Yes. Ronald that you rescued. Uh, one of our trainers. One of your trainers. Yep. Um, talk about that experience because you, you've seen firsthand in your own, you know, environment where somebody came in. So what was Ronald like when you first started working? Yeah, he has a, about a two inch scar that runs down his spine. Uh, what the background of that scar is, don't know. Uh, he's a pit bull and he was very dog or dog still uh, pretty dog reactive. Um, but also human reactive, particularly to men. So we assumed that it was a man that caused that scar. Um, just through desensitization, socialization particularly, and then uh, obedience and routines, um, now he does very well with men. He still struggles a bit with dogs, so that's still the journey he is on. Um, every dog's training journey is different. Some, sure. are, some dogs have a longer journey than others. It depends on how deep that emotional issue is. Um, but he's done a great turnaround. But you were mentioning before we got started about how forgiving dogs can be when they're properly trained. Right. Because even though he did not like men at the start, he wants to meet you first. But once he realizes you are not a foe, uh, man, he loves to be pet. Uh, you know, dogs just it's unbelievable how forgiving they are. So how much does socialization play in that when you take the dog and start to socialize them? Huge. And it's unfortunately also the biggest miss not the biggest but definitely a misunderstood term uh, people think i need uh, my dog socialized so they interpret it as one of two things i need to socialize them with people or i need to socialize them with dogs yes to both of those but we need to socialize them with environments that way you can bring your dog to a brand new environment and feel 90 percent certain that they're going to perform well and be well behaved and well mannered in that environment so socialization isn't just about dogs and people it's about environments it's about distractions layers and levels and intensity of distractions that's why we incorporate so many different field trips into our training programs and even a friendly dog like dolly that loves other dogs socialization with dogs does not mean i'm teaching you how to play i'm teaching you how to be in the presence of other dogs and ignore them that's a skill that has to be taught because dogs don't innately just ignore dogs. Right. If they like dogs, they're going to play with them. If they don't like dogs, they're going to want to fight them. We <laughs> want to teach them just ignore them until we say break or go play. Just be well-mannered. It's interesting. And each breed has a different personality. For sure. So I'm wondering for those who are watching, you know, the show tonight, it would be smart to reach out to you before they, they start to or Google out. even, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, you know, Google, you never know what you're going to get. Right. right. Uh, especially with training, you can get three different opinions and all three yeah. of them could be wrong, yeah. but breeds that's pretty darn, you know, you could pretty much Google that and you're, you'll you be go. safe. Your website, by the way, K dash nine culture.com K dash nine culture.com is where you can go. And if you in the Dallas Fort Worth area, or if you want to put your dog on a plane, Charles can work with your dog. Thanks so much. We always appreciate it. Dolly. Good sport. Good girl. Good girl. Stick good around. Girl. This is create build and manage daily. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Never miss an episode of Create, Build, and Manage Daily again. Subscribe to our podcast and listen on the go. We are continuing our series on the topic of understanding our profit and loss statements and knowing when to investigate our numbers. Howard Savage is the owner of Alpha Investigation Research Services, and he joins me in studio tonight. Always a pleasure to have you. Good to see you. Thank you. Are most CEOs really just in denial of reality when it comes to their cash flow problem? Well, I would say they're preoccupied with other things. And unless it becomes some kind of a obvious issue, then most of them choose not to pay attention. Yes, they're, they're just preoccupied. Preoccupied. There is a lot. Uh, that's on the on the plate of a CEO. I could say that, you know, from experience. But what questions should the CEO be asking their CFO or their accountant? What questions should we be asking? They should be asking questions about about uh, what are the sales levels? What's the collections levels? Uh, they should look at what is called a. Uh, uh, um, a accounts receivable. Um, the ledger time time period. Gotcha. You know how many are thirty days? How many sixty days? Mm -hmm. How many? It's called aging of accounts receivable. Gotcha. And uh, you you worry about the ones that are ninety days. That's because that's when most banks start writing off the loan. If you're ninety days late, they start writing off your loan. Mm. Um, the other thing you would pay attention to is is uh, <clears throat> how you're how your uh, accounts receivables is compared to your your uh, uh, cash flow. Uh, if you're not collecting on those accounts receivables, it's it's a serious problem. So you've got to focus on not just the sales, but also on collections and on, on and making sure that there's enough cash to pay things off. If there isn't enough cash, you've got to find ways to finance the, the shortfall in the, in the meantime. And that's when the, the difficult decisions uh, start to happen. Yeah. So we talk about cash flow questions. Yes. You know, what questions specifically to cash flow should we be thinking about? Should we be asking? You should be. Most CEOs don't have time to be doing it themselves. So they should be asking questions. Right. And at, and at least every every month or so should see a summary of what's going on so that they can see things that may may be a problem and what and start thinking about what to do about it you, know, you talk about uh, you know clients that don't pay yes. uh, I think every business has accounts that don't pay yes but what about the expectation you know some of the larger companies out there so I'm talking to the small business owner yeah. that deal with large corporations yes. 
why is it large corporations sort of bully you sometimes and say, We're, we'll pay 90 days in the rear and just deal with it? At, you know, but, but that happens. And, and how do you as a business owner, when you're trying to manage cash flow, handle that? Well, I had a client one time who had, who had a, a, he started out with a million dollars in cash. He was uh, leasing things to a Fortune 500 company and the accounts receivable with them kept going up and up and up and he was at about a million and a half and he he couldn't borrow any more money and he came to me and started talking to me about it. Uh, one thing that you can, well there's two things you can do. One, one is, is you can sell your accounts receivables to a factor. Right. That's a person that there'll be a slight discount on that, you know, one or two percentage points. Uh, but they'll give you a certain amount of cash based on the credit, based on the credit worthiness of whoever owes you the money. Gotcha. That's one way. The other way, and this is a trick that we learned, is that we found out that that, that one of one of his biggest clients would pay after they got three invoices. So we started sending them out every two weeks. <laughs> Instead of once a month, we sent them out every two weeks. And guess what? After the third invoice, they paid. Wow. This was a rule that we found out that in the accounts payable department of this, this large corporation. So they pay when they get the third invoice. So we started sending them out just like clockwork every, every two weeks, and it worked. Wow. <laughs> hey, and there is tricks like that for sure, and it's, it's interesting. Um, what I find the most surprising, and I've, I've been working in media for 26 years, been running a business uh, for 10 years, is how many businesses are operating off of negative cash flow? <laughs> many of them. Many of them. And we're not talking about the small ones. We're talking, I mean, look, I'm, without name, I'm trying to be delicate yes, here. I but understand. in our own backyard, we have Fortune 500 companies in the sure. Metroplex that we have seen that are on the brink of bankruptcy. That's true. There's got to be a smarter way, <laughs> <laughs> which is what you help your clients do, right? Yes, if you if you can, it's it's part of it depends on there's there's many causes of those kinds of things. One the, the biggest one cause is 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 they're selling to the wrong people. In other words, they didn't qualify them up front. Right. They didn't check them out to see if they paid their bills. Um, some of them are so anxious to sell that they just don't check that out, uh, and that ends up being a problem down the road. Um, but it's it's it's. Um, it's a perennial problem, you know. One is one way to deal with it if they eventually do pay is use a factor. You know, I've done right. that, and, and that works. Uh, it's, it's sort of a thing of last resort, but sometimes you have a last resort. Do you recommend starting to charge late fees for for customers who are not who are slow to pay? Well, people try that. The answer is is that. If you start charging late fees, they won't pay that either. <laughs> if they're not paying your normal fees, why would they pay the late That's fee? That's right. That, that makes sense. They, they should ignore it. What about incentives to offer a discount if they uh, pay for the full amount up front? That sometimes works. That sometimes works. And if it's it's usually that, uh, you know, like if you pay in 30 days, you get 3 to 5% off, something like that. That's what people offer. But that does work. Okay. And I think the message I hear from you um, when we talk is if you're CEO or leader organization or whatever your title is, focus more on your cash flow and not just on your sales. 
Yeah. You have to, you want, you want, you want customers, but you want customers that pay. That's the key. <laughs> a customer that doesn't it just pay. It seems so obvious though, right? It seems so obvious, <laughs> but it, it is the case. But there are a lot of people, you know, we had a, um, another organization one time that actually kind of created a business beware for for businesses, yeah. for people who don't pay. If you want to find out more about this information or if you suspect there might be some embezzlement going on in your in your company, and Howard can help you investigate that. Again, he's the owner and investigator of Alpha Investigation Research Services, and you can find Howard Savage on LinkedIn. Stick around. This is Create, Build, and Manage Daily. Want to be a guest on a future episode of Create, Build, and Manage Daily? Email us at interviews at biztv.com. My next guest is a family law expert. Donna Smith is a managing partner of the family law firm of Donna J. Smith, and she joins me in studio tonight. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. You know, when I think about family law, it is so personal compared to other legal practices. What made you decide to want to get into this side of the legal practice? That's a good question. I was first working for a real estate lawyer that my dad had gotten an in for and it was so boring. All I was doing was looking at documents and his partner was a family law attorney and suddenly I'm on the phone with people calling up with you know crazy stories. My husband set fire to my lingerie in the front yard and I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> this is about people and then obviously the more I did it, I realized that I could help so many people right. and honestly that's what really uh, drew me to that area of practice because it's not about helping somebody make money with big deals on real estate. It's about about helping people rebuild their families after they've been through a divorce and going through the divorce. It's a, it's a very debilitating, emotionally draining process. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it really affects a lot of different areas, um, you know, versus a transaction in real estate. Why is it so important to have legal counsel when you're dealing with these types of issues? Because I think there's some people that feel like they can handle it their own. Well, we've been married for X number of years. We can handle this on your own. Why should they seek legal counsel? Well, not everybody needs to seek legal counsel, but the general rule is if you're getting a divorce, you probably don't get along well enough with the person you're divorcing to sit down and negotiate a fair deal. And that's the most important um, issue in regards to the division of property. So, you know, you've got retirement that could be worth a lot in old age, and really um, the other person is not looking out for your interest. People are basically selfish, and when you get to that point in a divorce, everybody's trying to scramble to get get as much property as they can. Sure. So you need a very um, experienced family law attorney to come in there and inventory all the property and then value it and then add it all up and just imagine as if we were going to court, how the court would divide it and start your settlement negotiations there. Is that the goal in most cases to try to have something peaceful that settles and not actually take it to court? Absolutely. And because I've been practicing for 
almost 40 years, I seem to attract many of the high conflict litigation cases because I'm such an experienced trial lawyer. However, I really, for the good of the family, try and, and attempt to facilitate a settlement, and it's called Alternate Dispute Resolution, or ADR, and we have several options. One is mediation, and I'm a trained mediator, but I always, and the courts require us to attend mediation in a divorce case, or I'm also licensed and trained to be a collaborative law attorney, and that's an interesting new area of the law, and we um, basically have a team with two lawyers, your clients, and then mental health um, facilitators if needed, and sometimes uh, business professionals. That makes sense. Uh, I'm curious because we, we hear things in the news, but you're actually in the front line seeing it. Has there been a rise in divorces since the pandemic? Sadly, there has. And obviously, it's good for our business, but it's a sad commentary on um, the effects of COVID. And I think that most people started working at home and didn't realize that um, as they spent more time with their spouse that they hadn't spent before, they didn't really know that person and they didn't necessarily get along with that person. So we're seeing a lot of divorces um, from people that probably would have stayed together had they gone through the last two years going to work eight hours a day. What What do you think in your experience as a leading cause of, of divorce? Is it that we grew apart? Is it financial? Is it all over the place? It, it runs the whole gamut. Um, I think that um, my philosophy really is it's how you raise your children. It goes back to the family. And I think um, if you raise your children in a in a traditional type marriage and it could be, you know, two same sex parents, it doesn't matter. But as long as there's no conflict and strife in the house and people learn to um, to get along and give in sometimes. And, you know, that's part of a marriage. You're not always going to get along. You're going to encounter lots of problems along the way. But the sign of a good marriage is if you can overcome those problems and those obstacles and stay together. So I think it's it's a lot about people's raising and their fears and their mental health issues that lead them to a divorce. If you have a very stable childhood and two parents that stay together and love each other and try and work together as a family, you have a better chance at not going through a divorce yourself. Yeah, that's interesting. Your website, by the way, arlingtondivorces.com. Now, this is Arlington, Texas. Do you primarily work in the Metroplex or do you have clients that are in other areas as well? Mainly, we work in the DFW area. Tarrant County includes South Lake, uh, Keller, uh, Fort Worth, Arlington, Mansfield, DWG. So we we prefer to handle cases in Tarrant County. However, um, we also take Dallas cases, Parker County, Collin County. Um, and so it's all over the Metroplex. And if needed, I have flown into other cities on some, you know, high asset division complex, complex cases where it made sense financially for the client to pay me in uh, travel time. Now, we're a business show, so we have a lot of business leaders uh, that watch this and they got a lot that's going on. How much does a business play into uh, the cases that you see? Because if it's a family owned business, uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the male that's running the business and he sees it as his business. But the wife was there, too, and she had a very much part of it. So how does that play into it, factor into it? That's a, I'm so pleased you asked me that question because actually I specialize in those cases and there are so many um, uh, couples that get divorced that have a closely held family business and 
usually once they've had a divorce, they can't run the business together. So basically what happens is we have to value the business and this uh, requires usually the retention of a um, licensed business evaluator to come in and give us a value as to the business. And once it's been evaluated, then we can use other assets in the um, party's inventory list. And so maybe the house is offset against the worth of the business. And sometimes we actually have to have a note, a payout, and I usually structure that so it's um, it, it's tied to some of the business assets so that it's a secured note so that if the husband quits paying, you know, we've got some assets, maybe a building. We do a real estate lien note on the building to ensure that the wife gets payment. Gets complicated. And yes, And the longer is. together, it gets even more complicated, I would imagine, as well. Yes, it does. But that's what we're there for. You know, I've, I've encountered every type of family law case, every type of divorce case, and um, I'm highly specialized in that area. So we're here to help, and I encourage you to contact us. If you have any questions, viewers, we'd be happy to answer them. That's awesome. All right, Donna, I appreciate it. And again, that website is arlingtondivorces.com, arlingtondivorces.com, which is where you can Get in contact with Donna. Stick around. You are watching Create, Build, and Manage Daily. Create, Build, and Manage Daily is brought to you by CenterPost Media. Let us help tell your story. Go to CenterPostMedia.com for details. Well, welcome back to Create, Build, and Manage Daily, and it is, I'm going to do this quietly for you. Is that better for your That's ears? Much, the better, headline, much better, thank you. Headline segment. This is where we take three headlines that are going on in the world of business. Um, some of them are a little bit more extreme, and then we give you our thoughts on it. Uh, the first one comes from the Wall Street Journal, and it's reporting that between two to four million Americans currently are not working because of long-term effects from COVID. Now, these are not people that are getting COVID now, but these are people that have that residual effect that we heard from COVID. A lot of them got COVID before there was even a vaccine. Uh, this is according to a new Bookings Institute report. This, uh, By the way, they put a dollar figure with this, Ryan. The inability to work is translating to roughly 170 billion a year in lost wages. This is an estimate. This follows a January report that estimated that long COVID was potentially causing about 15% of the country's labor work shortage. Yeah, I was gonna ask, you talk about lost wages. What about lost productivity? Yeah. Wow, so how many people, you said two to four million? Two, two to four million right now are not working because of long-term effects uh, related long, to COVID-19. COVID. Yeah. Wow, that's... I, I don't know anybody who's struggled. I mean, I've, I've heard of people that, right. you know, second generation that I know or whatever. Sure. Um, connections that, that have struggled with it. But my goodness. Yeah, I've seen a couple of news reports where they've interviewed some people. And um, I tell you, this is one of these things. I, I hope I live long enough to hear the final mystery of the science behind what was this virus. Cause we've seen, yeah. you know, you go back and study the 1918 pandemic, which, which was the flu, mm -hmm. but it was pretty common what the side effects were with COVID-19. It's been all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. There's no consistency. Like my, my daughter's recently tested positive and she's got a sore throat and a stuffy nose or runny nose, which, but, you know, 
That's a cold. Five years ago, what would you have done? Well, if I, right. Five you years just go, ago, go it's to called, work, go to school, go, you're go fine. Go to school, you're fine. <laughs> but because of yeah. every sniffle now, you take a COVID test. Yep. And sure enough, it's positive. Yeah. But by, by the way, funny moment. We were talking about this last week because um, I had a little bit of a allergy and you mm -hmm. joked with me and you said, is it COVID? And then you followed it up with, you know, if your big toe hurts, it's COVID. Right. Everything. Yeah. M my wife did not watch the show that night. I go home and, and she's like, you think you have COVID? Because, you know, if your big toe hurts, I was like, have you and Ryan been talking this? <laughs> I like, don't literally say the no, same I, thing. No, I don't think she texted that to me and implanted in my mind. That's All right. Our, our second story is uh, this is one of the bizarre ones. Uh, and all I have to do is it, it comes from the Daily Star. There you go. So there you go. I know I know you read the Daily Star every day. I probably read this story. Probably so. SeaWorld is denying a claim from an ex-trainer. Now, this is what's interesting. They deny a claim uh, that basically they created a hybrid Jurassic World-type orca just before their mating program was ended. It comes as their former orca trainer, John Hargrove, has alleged that the uh, popular attraction was trying to produce more whales as tourist attractions. So he's claiming, Ryan, that they were producing this Jurassic Park type orca before they ended their uh, program. So do you believe, do you believe the trainer or do you believe SeaWorld? <laughs> I, I tend to believe SeaWorld. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't have the distrust in institutions that so many in our society have these days. But that seems like one of those questions. That, awfully it seems like a question that a trial lawyer would ask you to, on a jury pool. Would you believe SeaWorld or do you <laughs> believe the trainer, right? Yeah. I watched oh. too many episodes of Bull. <laughs> but yeah, Jurassic, a Jurassic Orca. A Jurassic Orca. So Shamu, Did you ever do SeaWorld with wild. the kids? You Not with our kids. You know, I take that back. My daughter went on a school trip. My wife was there as a chaperone okay. several years ago. Yeah. They didn't go see any of the shows. They really? Rode roller, they rode roller coasters the whole time. Because SeaWorld is now an amusement park. It it's is. not. And so I it think is. maybe my wife said, no, we're going to see something. Let's go to one show. Maybe yeah. they went to You Shamu can't see the orcas anymore. Yeah. I don't think. So I, think I guess they, it's not Shamu. It's not Shamu. Yeah, so. but I went as a kid at least at least once or twice. Oh, I did too. Of course, uh, we went to the one in San Antonio. Probably right. same, same for you. Yeah. Um, I loved it. SeaWorld was always. Of course, yeah, I'm a, I, I love animals, right? I just love all kinds of animals. I just have a hard yeah. time believing that, that SeaWorld is trying to Mute, mutant, mutate. <laughs> yeah, mutate, yeah. Uh, orcas. Anyway. Who knows? Um, SeaWorld, you know, they've, they've battled. That's one of those companies. They've battled public... Yeah, you know, and it's a great I've never debate. Watched Blackfish, I hear. Yeah, that'll really set you off. Yeah, SeaWorld. I've, you know, I've it's intentionally not watched. It. It's that great debate on any kind of zoo, and that's really what SeaWorld started off as. Is mm -hmm. just an aquarium. It's a zoo. You know, are they helping the cause? Because they'll, you know, they are. Listen, I love going to the zoo. Fort Worth has a great zoo. I love visiting it. You know, I love being close to the animals. So that's not what this show is about. It's about business, but uh, it's interesting to see how SeaWorld will continue to navigate that. Our final story is one that comes out of California. You've probably heard it all over the headlines, making news, but Governor Newsom out there has led a board to put together what he calls the uh, Advanced Clean Cars 2 so they've passed the, the first one. What they're saying is that it's going to aim to have 35% new vehicles sold in 2026 to be zero emission. 
and the percentage will increase each year after that to a full ban on any new gas powered cars in 13 years. Ryan, a state the size of California is going to dictate every car sold anywhere when you have the state that large. So what do you think? Is this aggressive? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's aggressive. I think when I first saw the headline said bans gas cars by 2035, my first thought was all cars, not just new cars. So I would be curious to know what percentage of cars on the road were purchased within the previous 12 months. It can't be that many. So right. it may not be as heavy a lift as, as we think. Yeah, it's going to be just the new cars. Just so if you have a car cars. predating that, you can still drive it. But it's only a matter of time, right? I mean, at what point does California then say you can't drive those? Yeah. And you're right. A state the size of California. That, I mean, how many dealerships is that? And how many, how many cars that are sitting on those lots... Yeah, this is where the large states start to dictate things. I know like Texas, anytime they have a new textbook in Texas, it affects every school Mm -hmm. across the country. Same thing with California. If this law passes, I mean, listen, the reason why we have NIL new rules uh, for college football is because of California. So it's going to be interesting. All right. We'll continue to follow the headlines. Let's see if I can do this again. My aim is a camera there. All right. Ah, close. 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 All right, stick around. We're going to wrap things up. Coming up next, you are watching Create, Build, and Manage Daily. Want to be a guest on a future episode of Create, Build, and Manage Daily? Email us at interviews at biztv.com. Ah, Thursday, Friday Eve, as I like to call it, Ryan. This is uh, as we wrap things up. Any big plans for the weekend? You always ask me this, and I don't know. You never, I ask you thinking maybe... No, Maybe this is the weekend. Maybe we watch a movie. We got a lot of church stuff this weekend. Okay. So that, that'll be exciting. I'm actually, um, I'm actually going to the Ranger game. Oh. Texas Ranger game on Friday night. Okay. After the show, of course. Who are they playing? I think you've told me. Detroit. This. Okay. Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, great show tonight. And listen, anytime the dogs are on, Dolly <laughs> stole the show. Who's the star of the show? Dolly. Dolly. Dolly's the star yeah. of the show. And um, I just, I just double checked and, and, and Kathy still says you can't have a dog. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. There's, <laughs> no, there's no way. Yeah. It's not, not even close. And by the way, we talked about in the, in the open of the show, the, the, uh, gone with the wind and yes. the wizard of yes. Oz. Uh-huh. I was wrong. It wasn't Cinderella. That was 1950. Okay. But it was, um, gosh, now I've forgotten. Anastasia. No, no. The first, um, Snow White, Snow White, 1937. So I was okay. off by by a couple of right. years. Snow White and the Seven I know my Disney was, princesses, so yeah. eventually I would get around. You would have gotten there, yeah. Say <laughs> Belle or Ariel. No. There you go. So, and, and what a lot of people don't realize is that Disney doesn't own those stories. You can oh, yeah. release your well, own That's story. why there's so many horrible knockoff versions of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. my, girls, my, my girls have found every one of them when they were little. <laughs> every bad version of a pr- princess movie. We're going to watch it. What was the brother's name? Grimm. Grimm's Brothers. Yep. There you go. Yep. Hey, you learn a lot watching Biz TV. Stick around. The Big Biz Show is coming up next. Mm-hmm.